Check the program. 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 Welcome to Check the Program, a podcast by four sometimes journalists who saw a desperate need for arts coverage and decided to do something about it. I'm John Threlfall. I'm Amanda Farrell Lowe. I'm Melanie Trump-Hoover. And I'm Sarah Petrescu. And we have an interesting podcast today because we've all been out seeing tons of stuff. Um, we're going to talk about Langham Theatre's uh, Quartet, Pacific Opera Victoria's Maritza. We've got Shrek. We've got Uno Fest. We've got One Man Star Wars. Um, we're going to chat about uh, some artsy uh, news happening in the city. And, um, and a little bit of um, what's coming up in the next couple weeks. Before we begin, I'd just like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on the traditional territories of the Lekwungen-speaking and Coast Salish peoples, including what we now what is now known as the Esquimalt and Songhees First Nations. Uh, much of the work we're discussing is has been uh, created and performed here, and as settler people, we have the privilege to live work and create on these lands ourselves. So let's get started. We were all pretty busy over the last couple weeks. Of course, Uno is in full swing. This is one of the few nights where there isn't anything Mm -hmm. happening. So we decided to all get together. Um, But otherwise, uh, non-Uno, I uh, went over to Langham Court and got to see Quartet before it closed. Uh, It closed on May 4th, so you just missed it. A uh, little play by Ronald Harwood, a uh, four-hander, if you uh, didn't guess that, <laughs> by the title. appropriately named, <laughs> um, a, about four uh, aging opera singers who uh, go to this. It's kind of like a retirement home for artsy folks mm. um, in uh, a country house in Kent. Uh, the four uh, singers are played are uh, Reggie Paget, played by Tony Garnett. Sissy Robson, played by Fran Patterson, who I, I often like I always her. like Fran. Yeah, she, Sissy pa- uh, Robson is just kind of this uh, absent-minded, kind of goofy character. Uh, Wilfred Bond, played by Elf Small, he's this uh, Scottish sure. guy who's just, he's just a bit of a pervert. He's just kind of <laughs> raunchy. And then Jean Horton, played by Elizabeth Whitmarsh, who's this kind of stuck-up former, former uh, prima donna Oh, she was um, in Blythe Spirit. She was so good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a whole bunch of Langham regulars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, Tony Garnett, the, uh, he, it was his first time at Langham, oh, I believe. Oh, cool. Um, so solid cast. I thought that the performances were all great. Uh, we find out that uh, two of the uh, uh, Reggie and Jean used to be married, and of course, uh, Jean shows up on the scene. Their their reunion is a little bit tense. And there's some pressure for these four who used to perform together in their younger years to uh, reunite and perform one of their famous quartets again for an annual performance on Verdi's birthday. And of course, there's some resistance to this idea and uh, hilarity ensues. Um, Yeah, solid performances. It's quite funny. The audience thought it was hilarious. Uh, Yeah, I I don't really have any complaints about the production of this show. Really nice set by uh, Bill Adams. I mm. rarely have see a set by his him that I don't like. Um, the The first act is just one long scene, so you don't get to see the scene a scene transition. Mm. But I did stick around at intermission, and uh, it actually was a really cool transition from this exterior scene 
to an interior scene uh, and I, I didn't even leave my seat because it was just so cool to oh, watch. Wow. Oh, great. Um, yeah, the first act was long because it was a single scene. It was just like really, really long. Um, but yeah, I think the script just wasn't really my bag, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and um, partly because I'm, you know, not not that old, I guess. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just felt like it could have it could have done a lot more. Like it could have veered into more serious territory to deal with issues around aging, uh, particularly like Sissy's character is kind of bordering on dementia, and they keep kind of dragging her out of she has these sort of episodes and they kind of like bring her back in and you kind of wonder they kind of make these little jokes about what happens when you kind of just get a little too absent-minded mm. and they i just you know things like that and then there's these sort of like little bits of uh hints of these sort of character development that they put in there and these lines that they, they give to these characters and i don't i didn't believe them at all like i just i don't know i just wanted more from the script i felt like it could have been yeah. You know, I always find that tricky when you see a good production of a so-so script. Yeah. Because these scripts that have been around for a long time, you can't really fairly criticize them because it's not like it's a new work. Right? Yeah. Like Quartet isn't new. Um, but you see a good production of something, but you want more from the script and you go away feeling kind of half-hearted about it. But, you know, you don't want to discount the production you just saw. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it was a really solid uh, production. I also like Colleen Blunt's costumes. Mm. Uh, I thought they were quite good, you know, uh, decent direction by John Shear. Yeah, I mean, it just, this, I just didn't really love the script. But that being said, the crowd loved it. Almost full house the night I saw it on the Tuesday. Uh, and the, you know, the scuttlebutt all the way out as people were exiting the theater was that they thought it was excellent. So probably a great choice for the Langham crowd. And um, yeah, so Quartet was a solid show, just maybe not my cup of tea. Not the season ender for Langham Court. They still have one more to come. Uh, Noises Off, the classic British sex source, backstage sex source, uh, opens on June 5th at the Langham. So they've got one more in their season. Mm -hmm. That's a fast-moving, power-packed show. If it's not fast-moving and the doors aren't slamming, they're doing something wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's super, I don't know, if, I've seen Noises Who's Off directing a couple that of times. One, yeah. I'm not sure. That one's um, a... But it's, it can be very good when it's done right. Mm -hmm. so, I think there's a good movie in version yeah. of it. Jeremy Irons, I want to yeah. say, was in that. Huh. Reaching, reaching way back. <laughs> I saw, staying on the community line, I saw Victoria Operatic Society's Shrek on the weekend. I went to opening night of that. Um, which I got to say, for a community production, was very, very good. Uh, I've always loved the Shrek Broadway since it came out. I think it was a 2008 show that when it debuted. Uh, it's, it's a much better Broadway musical than the source material, like the original <laughs> movies, which are fine, but I never found that funny. Um, but the Broadway musical takes all the funny from the film, but pairs it with really great music mm. and really great lyrics uh, to give you a really fantastic Broadway song package. And it's a difficult show to sing well. It's a good, it's, it's a fairly easy show to stage well because the costumes are, mm -hmm. you know, big and bright and all these mm -hmm. fancy char characters and Shrek, of course, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and Donkey. And you get, you, you get what you expect with mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But to be able to sing these songs and pull them off, you need very good singers. And they've got an excellent cast uh, lined up for this one. Uh, I was so impressed. Uh, Morgan McLeod playing Shrek, big voice, big presence, uh, kept the comedy going through all the way through it as well as but these songs. Has he been in anything else recently? Yeah, he's not a name I knew. I mean, I know he's done stuff around town before. Um, he was, I guess he was works with one of the schools because he was in We Will Rock You, the Mac recently. 
his credits, recent credits include In the Heights, Cabaret, and We Will Rock You. And I think all of those were done by one of the private schools. Oh, okay. Um, mm. But I'm not sure which one. Oh, interesting. But he was very good in his part. Uh, Heidi Fox Lang sang Princess Fiona, uh, also a difficult part to sing. She did a very good job with that. Uh, Donkey was as funny as you hope Donkey would mm. be. Um, he was played here by Dan Como, who did a great job as Angel in Rent. Uh, okay. VOS's Rent in the fall. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorite things about that production. He's back on stage here again, and he's also one of my favorite things about this production. He plays Donkey, uh, less like uh, Eddie Murphy voiced him in the movie, and Daniel Breaker played him in Broadway, if that matters. Um, <laughs> but he played him less like a black character, more like a drag donkey. And it was, he was so funny. He was so funny. I just laughed and laughed. I took my 14-year-old, and he laughed and he laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of good minor roles like the the cast is just so full of great characters uh, the kids who are playing the younger versions are also very good uh, the woman who sings the dragon Mandy Wiltshire she had a fantastic rock and roll voice just belted it out and blew everybody off the stage uh, all in all a very very good production I, I had some quibbles with it but it was opening night and uh, the, my quibbles with it are things that will smooth out uh, the timing was off on a lot of the sight gags um, I wasn't so thrilled with uh, the costumes on the whole were very good. Um, you know, certainly the uh, the fairy tale characters did a great job. Uh, the costumes were done by where are they? Oh, Deb Cope and David Berlinger, um, and they did a very good job. Except for the dragon, I didn't really like the dragon at all. I didn't like the dragon itself. Then I didn't like the costuming on the woman who played the dragon mm. either. And uh, I gotta say, after having just seen CCPA do West Side Story down there, same theater. Uh, another big musical, uh, another big musical where the stage is full of people in costumes. Uh, to see a traditional slow-moving stage crew come out in blacks in the middle of this fantastic colorful fairy tale to move these set pieces around rather slowly and clunkily, it really took away from the production. Mm. I would have rather seen the stage crew in just some sort of generic costume even. Yeah, I mean, um, you could have had a lot of fun with it, like mm-hmm. dress them up like the Duloc villagers well, or whatever. There's, there's yeah. so yeah. many, there's, there's Farquaad's guards, there's the Duloc villagers, there's the fairy tale creatures themselves. Mm-hmm. There's so many things you could have done mm-hmm. with it, and to do nothing with it seemed very anticlimactic. Um, mentioning Duloc, uh, Lord Farquaad, Dwayne Gordon, longtime VOS regular Dwayne Gordon. Oh my God, he's <laughs> so funny as Farquaad. It's very funny the way they do him. Anyways, he plays him on his knees uh, with these little legs, which is how it's done on Broadway as well. Um, but his little throwaway gestures and his offhanded remarks and just his expressions on his face. He was so funny. He was just fantastic. So if people know the Broadway Shrek, either through DVD or through the soundtrack, you're going to get exactly what you see on that stage. And I think that's where VOS really shines, is giving audiences what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, like these Mm -hmm. kind of um, big budget looking uh, community productions and doing good jobs of them. Mm-hmm. And that's those are the VOS shows I enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is it kid-friendly? It's one? very kid-friendly. It's it's very... Like I said, I took my 14-year-old. My 14-year-old laughed and laughed. Like, did not stop laughing from the oh, opening cool. scene all the way through. And he knows the Broadway very well, so he wasn't disappointed in the slightest. Because he's my kid. He grew up with the Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are so many kids in the audience on opening night. The only thing I'll say is it's a long show. Mm-hmm. It's almost three hours. It's two and three quarter hours with the intermission. It doesn't start until eight o'clock. 
It would have been nice to see them started at 7.30, just given the number of families who are at that show. Mm -hmm. uh, and the kids that are in the show as well. Um, but yeah, I saw kids there as young as probably 7 and 8. Wow. It's funny because the movie, like my daughter has started to like the Shrek movies. She just turned three. And re-watching them, there are a lot of jokes in there that are not very kid-friendly. There is a straight-up masturbation joke no. in the first Shrek movie I that I... It's in this show. Well, I hope not. I, like, watched it again. I was like, what? I don't even remember... Because that movie came out when I was probably, like, a teenager or preteen. And I was like, I don't remember this joke at all. Yeah, it was shocking. Um, kudos to Roger Carr, director. Uh, he's one of the best people in town when it comes to handling big cast musicals. And uh, it was quite funny. I was sitting right behind him. During <laughs> so everything I was making notes on, Roger was sitting in front of me, kind of throwing up his hands, going, oh! <laughs> you know? So he was definitely aware of the, the small quibbles in the performance. But I would encourage anyone to go see it. I'm sure it'll sell out. Uh, much like Rand, I'm sure it'll sell out. That's so, great. Yeah, it was super fun. Shrek runs till May 12th at the, at the McPherson. Yeah, it sounded like an awesome show. Yeah. Two big wins for VOS this season. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. No kidding. No mm -hmm. kidding. Good for them. Yeah. Continuing on the operatic theme, mm -hmm. <laughs> Pacific Opera Victoria's final show of the season, Countess Maritza, is an operetta, um, a little bit different than some of the other sort of big operas um, they've staged this season. It's a rom-com, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is great, a romantic comedy, something a little bit lighter and... Um, Music by Emmerich Kaltmann, a Hungarian composer from the 1800s to 1900s. Um, the great thing about uh, a romantic comedy opera is that when you think of opera, you think of the drama, the tragedy, but when you take it over the top on the other side of it, it just becomes this incredible, over-the-top, campy, <laughs> hilarious um, sort of show. So, in the, And Pacific Opera Victoria did a great job with this one on that. Um, another part of it is it's almost like a Broadway show. There's a lot of spoken dialogue, which kind of, I think, threw the sound off a little bit. Mm. The sound was a little bit between the spoken dialogue and some of the mic'd singing. The sound was, was a little off. The orchestra sounded beautiful. Mm. Um, Timothy Vernon does a great job. Lots of Victoria Symphony performers. Um, and uh, but the sound, the sound on stage was a little bit off, and they had um, some Hungarian folk music or folk instruments, including one called a cymbalom, which kind of looked like a tiny piano or sort of, I don't know, harpsichord thing, and it's a hammered string instrument. Mm. And it was just fascinating watching this fellow play it, but you couldn't really hear it. So mm. that oh, that's was too bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm, maybe they fixed it by the other nights or something, but it was... Yeah, it was really neat. And so the story is um, kind of one of those classic romantic comedies. You have like the wealthy fellow in this one. It's um, Count Tassilo who's lost his fortune and he goes to work on this estate. And it's run by, it's owned by Countess Maritza, who's this independent single woman. And um, lo and behold, they spar and flirt and fall in love and then all, you know, personas are revealed and um and everybody's happy and falls in love in the end <laughs> so, <laughs> nobody dies yeah, nobody dies, nobody dies. Uh, but one of the sort of highlights of the show was in the act three we had a guest appearance by uh nicola cavendish oh, as, yeah as um as the aunt princess uh bozena 
and she's just you know a legend legendary actor and quite hilarious and her counterpart was her assistant played by Brian Linz Aww, and they fantastic. were just over the top with all sorts of Shakespearean hmm. references and they basically just lit up the entire stage hmm. so yeah it was quite it was quite uh, an excellent show um, were they the finished. spoken parts or were they the sung they, parts they just did spoken oh, spoken okay. parts but it's like they had this little comedic play within the opera so yeah it was quite it was quite good so yeah it's nice i really like how pacific opera victoria rounds out their seasons Mm -hmm. so um i find that you know you'll see something kind of heavy something sort of might challenge you a little bit intellectually and then something kind of light and fun Mm -hmm. and um the singers were great uh countess maritza was played by leslie ann bradley she was incredible and um count tosilo um, A.K.A. Bella Torek was played by Adam Luther, who uh, will be back. Um, I was just looking through next season. He'll be back for Puccini. Mm-hmm. So, nice. Yeah, so it's nice to see some of their sort of, you know, people come back to, to things, especially those crowd pleasers. Um, yeah. Did it have the high production values you, you expect from a POV production? Yeah, I find now I, I feel a little spoiled with mm-hmm. Pacific Opera Victoria and Langham too on their costuming because mm-hmm. it's so good. And this one did as well. It had sort of a mix of Hungarian sort of folk outfits um, and then also mm-hmm. kind of sort of, you know, 1920s um, modern woman sort of style. So what would I call it? Like resort style or estate <laughs> loungewear so yeah yeah it was great the set was beautiful um it was backlit by this incredible sort of monet like um sort of backdrop so oh, okay. yeah yeah enjoyable production so is looking it, forward to next year too has it closed and it's closed yet and so uh uno um i was away this weekend but it sounds like uh, john and melanie you were busy mm-hmm. busy at uno yeah, I yeah. certainly enjoyed. I saw two shows. You saw yeah. three. Three, yeah, yeah, two, two of the same as you, and then yeah. then a bonus. Yeah, um, the one that uh, we had last week's guest, we had Carrie Wass here in the studio, mm-hmm. and uh, went and saw his show. Carrie, okay, timeless, timely, timely tune. tunes. Yeah, lots of alliteration in that one. <laughs> Very funny. I laughed and I laughed and I laughed, and the next day I was still laughing. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe. Like, I, I could not believe how funny it was but then also just watching him do what he did mm-hmm. like watching him build the beats layer and layer and layer loop and loop and loop laying down track after track after track and then he started singing yeah like it was just fascinating and I was, his energy oh. for that like it was a very physical experience watching him do yes. that let alone you're right even before he was actually performing the song yeah, yeah, yeah. so how he wasn't completely exhausted by the end yeah. of it yeah and then you know little dance breaks in there and then his his just his delivery is so funny but so sincere at the same time yes. and uh, so much of it was coming from the heart you know he was just I wanted to make sure that everyone got that he was coming from, uh, you know, such a good place. And yeah. <laughs> it was just, I loved it. I wish, talking about kids, I wish I had taken both my kids to that because oh, yeah. they would have just would have found it fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I saw it at the Fringe, um, last Fringe, and I think I came out of it just being like, that was so uplifting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know if you had that experience. I yes, like, absolutely. Yeah. I feel Very like sincerely. I just, yeah. yeah, it was like... You're just in a rainbow for a while, you know? I would love to see him take that into the school district schools, you know, middle or high schools, yeah. and play that for people, because it's probably nothing at all like the kind of plays they get at schools. Yeah, totally. And yet, 
it's so positive. It's so powerful. He's got this one whole song. It's all about dealing with uh, social anxiety and and it's all about Gandalf. <laughs> it's, it's so <laughs> funny, but it has such a great message to yeah. it. Totally. Oh, so Was that Oh You Shall Not Pass? Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where he's living Gandalf at the end of it. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so good. And that's kind of the vibe, at least so far, of my UnoFest experience. I'll be very curious to see next week, too, of um, work that isn't shying away from difficult topics um or you know difficult things that are going on in the world around us but have this hopeful like uplifting piece at the end the other one that john and i saw together inner elder is dealing is a is from you know acclaimed amazing performer michelle thrush who grew up with alcoholic parents who is you know definitely a victim of intergenerational trauma through the residential school system and yet you're in stitches for the last half of it like had a way of of bringing um you know, a, a, an incredible conversation to those pieces, but then this incredible levity as she discovered her and her elder for the second half, and that kind of hopefulness um, a, as a kind of end message to some of these much larger, really important topics that that need to be dealt with in theater was really cool. Yeah, and even the important topics like how she dealt with those on stage were this heartbreaking use of Colors of the Wind from mm-hmm. the Pocahontas film, and she was talking about that, and then. Uh, when you see it acted out on stage, giving us the sort of quote-unquote stereotypical drunk Indian with this this music playing over top of it and sets up this dichotomy that's just heartbreaking. You mm-hmm. just pulled to tears watching that. And then by the end of the show, yes, it's almost like stand-up comedy. And yeah. It's so funny. So emotional highs and lows. And I really found the set very effective as mm-hmm. well. Very simple set. Uh, basically like uh, giant loops of ropes that are just... Uh, strung in sort of triangular shapes across the stage and then lit with shafts of light and big stones at the bottom. And at first she's like, what's up with that? And then later she's walking through them almost mm-hmm. like a forest and it becomes so effective but so simple. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was a great show for the Metro Studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the space beautiful. nicely. And, yeah. and even Adrenaline, the third, the third one that I saw, which was absolutely the toughest from a um, material perspective, it's... Um, from Kitchener, Ontario-based, actually, Theatre Mata, which is a collective of refugees and immigrants from Lebanon, Egypt, and Syria that are working together in, and um, building theatre as, to use their words, uh, they're trying to build a new home on stolen lands, mm. is how they phrased it. Um, and it's a really short 35-minute piece that makes every um, one of those minutes really incredibly impactful. Um, the lead actor, Ahmad Marie, who I believe also created the piece, um, is, uh, is a refugee from originally from Syria by way of Cairo and, in Egypt. And he's written a piece that, that opens up on his first New Year's Eve in Canada. And he's being triggered by fireworks, bringing him back to the last New Year's Eve when he lost his entire family in a bombing. And it's totally performed in Arabic with English subtitles and the stand-ins for his family as it's kind of, you know, building to to what's going on. He's got his dad is a coat rack and his mom is a... um, uh, fan and his brother's a little propane tank and he's brought mm. gifts for all of them and it's just this like the, the what you pick up on of his relationship with each one of his family members is just absolutely heartbreaking um, and as he kind of relives that night as the fireworks are triggering him he's also acknowledging the choice he made to move to a new country and, and let go of that mm. a year later mm. and and that experience of displacement certainly and loneliness and but also hopefulness and moving on and building a new life mm. so i mean it was incredibly powerful um and challenging to to see that work 
um, in that environment. I believe that it was co-presented with the Intercultural Association. There were certainly um, people from our local mosque and, and the Syrian um, community here invited to the presentation. And I think it's, you know, we're not talking about the distant past here mm-hmm. at all. Um, but there was a, an, a you know, really interesting talk back after the show too. But yeah. it was important, as I said, important, really challenging work, but again, ended on an, a very surprisingly hopeful note, given the context. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, week two of Uno, there's a lot of good things coming in as well. Uh, Amanda, you're going to go see Brit Smalls in the show? Yeah, we'll see Real Boy this week. I'm going to go to Awkward Hug and Jellyfish are Mortal. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going to go to Trophy on Saturday as well. So Trophy I'm looking forward to. That's the one that's in the little tent. So yeah, yeah, reason. I'm going to try and make it Permits to that one on yeah. Saturday too. It looks really neat. And I'm not really sure what to expect from Jellyfish are Mortal. It looks yeah. just the, the short clips I've seen online just look kooky. Yeah. Well, and it features the performer Sydney Hayduk, who was in Angels and Aliens at Fringe. Oh, I enjoyed that. Yeah, with oh, I Jeff like Lair. Yes, yeah. yes. So she's a really a great physical oh, comic great. performer. Oh, so I'm, I'm excited about to it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. And I, I'm also going to uh, see Heat Seeker and My Dear Lewis later oh, on in the week. So, yeah, I think we've got Uno almost totally covered. Yeah. Heat Seeker, there's Hank Pine show? Yeah, yeah, yeah with uh, Hank Pine show with uh, Jensen Kerr. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of the, it's the Uno work show. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, and they're teasing it on Instagram. It's been fascinating. Yes. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I totally know what it is. Yeah. But... Um, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with Hank Pine's yeah. work. It's always really excellent. So, um, well, his music. I, I really enjoy his music. So I'm curious to see what it's all about. Yeah. Good Uno so far. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the only other thing I did last week was uh, I hosted the pre-show discussion segment at the One Man Star Wars trilogy, Charlie Ross's One Man Star Wars trilogy up at the Farquhar. And um, the uh, he's done that in town many, many, many mm-hmm. times, so we don't need to say anything about it. What I will say about it, though, is at the end he teased a couple of the new productions that he's working on. Uh, Charlie's famous for his Star Wars trilogy, his One Man Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, One, Man, One Man Dark Knight trilogy, his One Man Stranger Things, One Man Pride and Prejudice, and now he's working on a One Man Avengers which I cannot imagine how he's <laughs> going to do that, and a one-man Harry Potter, which I'm very excited about. That is mm-hmm. what we really need yeah. mm-hmm. yes. this world. Because like... I don't know if you saw that Potted Potter when it, it's come through town mm-hmm. a couple yeah. of times. Mm-hmm. Very disappointing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm kind of hopeful that Charlie's going to give it uh, the treatment it deserves. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look so that forward to that. Yeah, that's great. Artsy cool. News. Artsy news. I would say both the pieces of artsy news are uh, sad pieces of news. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being that uh, longtime lighting designer here in town, Adam Wilkinson, died recently, uh, unexpectedly. Uh, he was the head of lighting for the Royal McPherson and had been a uh, lighting institution in town, shall we say, for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure we've all seen countless productions that Adam has lit. And it was, uh, yeah, very unfortunate, very quick. Mm-hmm. And I think it let a l- left a lot of the theater and community town reeling from, from Yeah, I read a lot of very touching mm-hmm. tributes on social media from both organizations and individuals mm-hmm. uh, once uh, I, the news had, had broken that he'd passed away. So, yeah, definitely a lot of people very affected by that loss. So yeah. sad to hear it. Mm-hmm. And the other sad piece of news is not, not so much a person and not so much a venue that people would think of as being part of the arts community, but the Plaza Hotel fire. Mm-hmm. Just um, still well, smoldering. Smoldering as yeah. we speak. I so. can smell it in my living room here. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, so the Plaza Hotel, home to Monty's Exotic Lounge. Yes. Uh, the Jungle Room. The Jungle Room. Yeah. Until you mentioned that, I had totally forgotten about the Jungle I Room. I saw some uh, great shows at the sure. Jungle Room. Uh, Nose, really great uh, French electronic uh, group. I saw them there. Did you go to that party where they rent, it was a Halloween party, where they rented out the whole hotel? No. This was quite a while ago, and you like you could rent out theme, like you could really? rent out the rooms, and people decorated them all up as theme rooms oh, and that's stuff. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I and I yeah, I saw a lot of really good like drum and bass and yeah, jungle yeah. shows in the jungle room mm-hmm. because John B of Whitebird was right. running the club for a while, and yeah, it was. So uh, my memory of the jungle room isn't uh, of any specific act, but it's walking down those stairs and feeling the beats coming mm-hmm. through my body, <laughs> and I can still feel the beats reverberating inside. <laughs> it was just crazy. Yeah. It was a fringe venue. Um, yeah, BYOV venue for the fridge. For was... the fridge. For the fringe. <laughs> uh, it was. You say fridge. I do remember going to see a show in the jungle room. And it was so freezing. Oh. We were all in our jackets, like oh, bundled funny. up. I think it was that no show, and these right. poor guys had just gotten off the plane, and they were just like so cold. Yeah. Is it true that it's one of the last portals into the tunnels under the city too? I remember hearing oh, that once a... that you could still access it from oh, the Plaza really? Hotel. You can mm-hmm. it. Okay, there's yeah. a couple around town that are. But yeah, I don't know which ones have been boarded up. They're probably all like major. Yeah. It's such a cool site specific. Yeah. yeah, I guess there's the safety thing. Yeah. But I've always wanted to go down. Cabin Twelve was used as well. Cabin Twelve was the restaurant that was there for the longest time, and then uh, that was also used as a BYOV for the Fringe. And then the other show that, uh, if people remember, uh, back in 2012, one of the City of Victoria's 150 projects was called Ghosts of the Plaza. And that was about the history of the Plaza Hotel. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't performed at the hotel. It was performed at the street at the Oddfellows Hall. But that was uh, Sadie Forbes and Sarah Smith did that. Wendy Merck directing it. It involved uh, local burlesque queen Rosie Bitts. And uh, Kirsten Van Ritsen were in that as well. Yeah, because um, there was a push uh, by that group, I think, to try and get it designated a heritage site and preserve the hotel because it does have a fat. It, well, it did have a fascinating history, and apparently it mm-hmm. is on both the federal and provincial oh. history site, uh, oh. historical site registry. Um, I remember reading there was some hang up on how why they couldn't preserve it. Though, yeah, right? same architect that did the Strathcona Hotel oh, down right. the street. Uh, apparently, it was an example of the Chicago School of Architecture, mm. a rare one on the West mm-hmm. Coast. Uh, the Times Colonist actually ran a really interesting little story in the history today. Um, apparently, in 1965, it was revamped with an Arabian Nights theme. Uh, it had oh a tent motif, an Alibaba room, <laughs> and the staff were wearing turbans and harem costumes. Oh, my. And then, that doesn't age well. Yeah, yeah. And then before it was Monty's, uh, apparently the bar was well known because it had one of those mechanical bulls you could ride. Oh, and they didn't sh- keep that from Monty's? <laughs> Let's not go there. Um, and apparently it was much like Big Bad John's. It was a peanut shell on oh, the floor yeah. kind of a place at the time. Oh, Monty's. So, uh, the infamous SantaCon stop for many years. Monty's, mm-hmm. sticky floor. Most of the stories I could yeah. sa- tell oh. about Monty's are not to be yes. recorded. <laughs> I will agree with that. <laughs> I remember it for that uh, character uh, Joey from Friends. I think got snapped by oh, some that's paparazzi right. in there. Yeah. And what? That was I quite the scandal. That. That's right. 
it's great. Before, uh, yeah, didn't that make it in like People magazine cameras. or something like that? Yeah, it was a National Enquirer. <laughs> it was. Oh, my God. That is trivia. I'm so happy to know now. Well, yeah. rest in peace, Plaza yeah. Hotel. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for all the uh, very vague memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last piece of news uh, is the next, uh, or the second annual Pro Arts Regional Arts Award is happening on May 9th this week. They're having it at the Bauman Center. And uh, they're going to announce who gets that Mid-Career Arts Award. Last year it was Carrie Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who it'll be this year. So mm-hmm. I'll be there on Thursday to see what the announcement is. Other stuff coming up. TC yeah. Book Sale this weekend. That's Get right. Get reading material. Another art form we don't chat about too often. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a popular event. Yeah. Uh, Confabulation is having one more of their season. May 16th, they're doing one called Accomplices at the Event Center. Mm-hmm. And what was that cool one you are talking about, Amanda? Oh, yeah, so I am super excited for this. So on uh, May 18th, I think, yeah, that's the Saturday of the long weekend at 2 p.m. in the courtyard of the Greater Victoria Public Library, Righteous Rainbows of Togetherness are performing in the courtyard at the GVPL. Along with, uh, they're, they're not playing their like hard banging techno set. They're going to do a quadraphonic set. So Well, the like, sound will bounce around. I know, it's going to be, cool. it's going to be amazing. That's great. And also performing is uh, f- uh, someone called Fanfare, who I'm not familiar with. Unique solo act with looper pedal violin and guitar <laughs> alongside deep soulful vocals. So that'll be really cool. So this is put on by the Wonderment folks. I don't know if you guys caught... Um, they brought Deadbeat to town to play at Beacon Hill Park. Oh, last no, I was summer. out of town for that. Uh, yeah, so I'm super excited for that. Yeah. It's going to be really, really cool. There's a one day only remount of The Fitting Room, which was one of the hits of The Fringe last year. That's happening May 11th at, at uh, Theatre Scam's Fort Street studio. Uh, Theatre and Con News, Best of Friends, runs until May 18th, so there's still time to go see that. Ballet Victoria is doing Alice in Wonderland on May 16th and 17th as well. Um, what else is coming up? Oh, Ivan Coyote is mm-hmm. coming up. So Ivan Coyote, they're coming in to the Belfry on May 29th. The uh, the local Storytellers Guild is bringing them in for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Melanie, you just said there was an additional event? That... Yeah, I was reading about it on, on Facebook yesterday. The Oak Bay uh, United Church, I believe, is also bringing Ivan um, for... A, a performance and a talk about uh, for people I believe from all sorts of religious backgrounds who want to be better allies for the LGBTQ community and, and understand from their perspective uh, how best to do that so I think that's really cool that's awesome um, oh, yeah that that I was making themselves available for that and that there's there's a audience for it so awesome. very cool nice um, and then uh, there's a, a fundraiser for peers that cheesecake burlesque review are doing called the hot pink fundraiser that's happening on may 25th also at the belfry mm-hmm. and uh yeah i guess what else we got uh just at, towards the end of the month um the next in bluebridge's season comes up uh they're doing ibsen's the master builder that's opening on may 28th is anybody going to jersey boys at the royal mm, and nope. opens at the end of the month runs for a few days no 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 it's not on my list yeah, but, too pricey. yeah i was gonna yeah. say can't afford it. Not interested enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor four seasons. <laughs> what about Corey Hart and Glass Tiger? Mm. Complete dead air. <laughs> <laughs> None of us will be there for that. Um, I'll probably hear it from here. That's at Save On, right? Yeah. I, I would Save love on. to see Corey Hart and Glass Tiger in a club. But a big, I don't it's know, a weird arena show? It. Yeah, I feel like. 
about all the Corey Hart I need on my Spotify. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like I need a whole night of it. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, well, uh, thanks, everyone. Um, yeah. yeah, and happy and unowing for the rest of the week. Yeah, I look forward we'll, to the rest uh, of the week. I see everyone that. around. Um, so, uh, as always... Uh, check the program on Facebook and Twitter. Please follow us there for mini reviews between now and our next recording date. Uh, we're at checkaprogramyyj at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line. Um, until next time, I'm Amanda Farrell-Lowe. I'm John Threlpall. I'm Sarah Petrescu. I'm Melanie trump And don't forget to check, check the, the program. program. Let your freak be